Welcome you to the sports kingdom. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pachelke. What's up, TP? How you doing, man? Well, you know, I'm a big Laker fan, so, you know, everything's gravy. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> hey, you know, we're in a great spot. We got we got no issues right now. We got two rookie all-team players. We got all the youngins in the future. We don't need shit. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think we need a little something. But we need a little progression. That's about it. I'm yeah. Like, so, you know, hey, it's we'll, all good. We'll get there. It's all good in L.A. Always is. Before we start, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword the Sports Kingdom Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK Show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. The Cavs and Celtics are tied 2-2. Golden State and Houston tip off in a matter of minutes, probably a little over half an hour, actually. Um, Warriors are looking to go up 3-1. We're going to talk about everything going on in the conference finals. The Cavs and Celtics are tied 2-2. Uh, last week we talked about the NFC. This week we're gonna talk. We're gonna cover the AFC and our top five offenses and defenses to look out for this season. But first, like Tyler said, the NBA All Rookie Teams were announced earlier today. The first team was had two unanimous uh, players on there: Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell. Probably expected, uh, so they were unanimous. And then Jason Tatum, Kyle Kuzma, and Lowry Markkinen round out the first team Kyle Kuzma got 93 first team votes seven second team votes yeah no it's pretty solid for no he was he was like the he was the guy he was the fifth he was kind of the I think I think uh the the other four were like lock and I probably you know there's probably a mix of guys that got that votes for that fifth spot yeah um and then the second team was Dennis Smith Jr. Lonzo Ball John Collins, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Josh Jackson. Yeah. So I mean, I think, I think the writers got it right. Yeah, for the most part, it just sucks because you know, Lonzo didn't. Lonzo got hurt, so I think. He yeah, was, he only I think played his first team if he plays seventy-five games. Yeah, know? he only played fifty games because he was so he was what the top three of rebounds and assists for. He was number two in assists and like number three in rebounds. For, yeah, for rookies. So he got he got seven first team votes. Yeah, no, I think he would have been first. I think he would have been first team um, if it wasn't for uh, for the games played. I think they would have pushed him over Markin and Dan Kuzma. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I mean, he played great. It's just outside of shooting percentage, but it's like fuck. Ben Simmons didn't even hit a three. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like no, God it's damn, true. You know, uh, and, and it just sucks because you know we've talked about the redshirt rookie thing, but now. He's stolen Rookie of the Year from Donovan Mitchell. He stole first team from Lonzo or, so you know, one of someone. those other someone someone else. So, 
they gotta they gotta fix that rule. I think that's that that rule is like all of a sudden floating to the surface because we've had so many so many players that are redshirt rookies. Yeah, especially to go on from re- being a redshirt rookie to automatically having this insane year and then yeah him and Blake, him and Blake I guess are the only two that really like dominated and won the award and took yeah. it from someone that because like John Wall and Donovan both deserved it both but, very yeah very deserving yeah but it's been going on forever I mean shit the Sixers have had redshirt rookies for the last four years <laughs> yeah uh, some of them aren't even on the team anymore yeah no no I mean Nerlens is out Jaleel's out yeah so anyway from the rookies to the real the real dogs the real guys the ones the ones still fighting for yeah. that Larry O'Brien trophy yep so Cavs and Celtics they're tied 2 to 2 mm-hmm. last night the Cavs won 111 to 102 it was the first single digit win in the conference finals for either conference yeah and i want to i want to talk about the scoring discrepancy between teams a little bit later when we talk about the warriors and rockets uh-huh. so we'll get to that in a little bit um lebron he was able to tie the series after being down 0-2 he had 44 points, five rebounds, three assists. He did have seven turnovers. Yeah. But, I mean, when you're doing a lot, oh, yeah, you're yeah. bound to turn the ball over. Yeah. I can't believe I'm defending LeBron. No, but, I mean, you take turnovers, but that's level of play because yeah. of his usage. Exactly. Uh, Tristan Thompson stepped up. Had Spe- speaking of usage, it's just funny to see, like, the Steve Nash's stats from when he was an MVP, you know? It's oh. just so pedestrian. And it's like, you know, he, he was doing so much for that team. Yeah. Um, but it's like winning an MVP at 18 and 10. You know, how many guys are... When Kobe was averaging over 30 that well, season. Well, and regardless of what Kobe was doing, it's just like the usage in, in players nowadays is just astronomical. Oh, you know yeah. I mean, it's just showing, showing an MVP averaging 18 and 10 and winning it and now having a guy that averaged a triple-double is not even a finalist. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So... Anyway, Tristan Thompson stepped up. He had a double-double. Kyle Korver started out really hot, added 14 points. He had, also had three blocks. That was pretty cool to see. He's, uh, he also uh, what, he played like 35 minutes. Yeah, no, he, he played a lot. Yeah, and Ty Luke came out and said something about it. But that's – they need they, – like the, the Cavs, and I've said it before, when Tristan Thompson, Kyle Korver, and J.R. Smith are playing well, they're like – unstoppable you yeah know what i mean it's a it's always every game with cavaliers it's a new you know there's a new uh analysis coming out it's like this team sucks this team's great every single game yeah and nobody can like, make up their mind no because when tristan and jr and kyle corver play well they look like all right this team's this team's ready to go they can play anybody they they beat the warriors you know type of scenario and then when they play bad they're like this is the worst team i've ever seen you know yeah like LeBron has nobody. It's 07 all over again. No, I mean No, it's not 07 all no, over again. No, it's not. These these guys these guys are better. Um it's just that uh when they play bad, they play really bad. And no- yeah. normally it's on the road and when they play when they play at home, they normally come to play, but But that's like any you can't team. Win, you can't win a championship that way because No, not at all. That's just not They 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 don't have home court. No. But, I mean, Boston started off the game really slow once again. They only shot 27% in the first quarter. And when you start off slow against a team with LeBron, that's that's never a good thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, here's something I haven't said all year is the Cleveland was playing great offensively, super smart. Yeah. Their whole knock every time is just they're not playing with any rhythm. They're not playing with any chemistry. They're not – they're standing around and watching. Um 
when I was watching the game, it, it seemed as if, okay, you know, Boston switching on the perimeter. Basically, whoever, whoever Terry Rozier was guarding, um, that person set a ball screen. So yeah. whoever, whoever was dribbling, they got switched on to Terry Rozier. I saw LeBron treat him like a, like a grade schooler a couple times. And Tristan Thompson, it's just like, you know, if they're going to switch everything and, and you're going to put ter Terry Rozier on whoever, it's just like – That's Cleveland not going to work. Cleveland was super smart. Every single – I mean, I don't know how many times I saw Terry Rozier's guy sets a ball screen and then, bam, you know, all of a sudden Terry Rozier's guarding LeBron or Tristan Thompson or Kevin Love, and it's just like that's barbecue chicken all day. So Yeah, you know, I mean – it's it's like in the playoffs last last year with Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, he's a liability on defense, and it's weird that Stevens uh, would keep switching. You know, I I just I found it I found it very strange that they stuck with it the whole way. But at the same time, every time I looked up, Boston was up was down fifteen, then they were down eight, then they were down fourteen, they were down eight. You know, they they kept. They kept it in a range where you thought they had a shot almost the entire game, but yeah, exactly. They never really got quite into uh, striking distance. Yeah, I mean, all of all of Boston starters ended up scoring in double figures, but like you said, it was either a fifteen point game or yeah, they yeah. It, they got I it mean, to like your starters should score in double figures. Yeah, they they would get it to like a six or an eight point game, and it's like they just couldn't get over that uh, hump. And, and and I don't think the Celtics team is as good as. Cleveland's team I just think they're playing better and yeah the fact that everybody was uh, you know up in arms at them being up 2-0 it's just like yo they had the home court yeah it's like they should be up 2-0 and if if you're like you know now it's just I and even at even down 2-0 I thought Cleveland was gonna win but now it's just like I think Cleveland's probably gonna you know win the next two and wrap it up yeah so I completely agree I think yeah. I think in game in game five tomorrow on Wednesday Boston is going to give so much to protect home court, to protect being undefeated at home. Yeah, and if they get beat, it's... And Cleveland's going to steal it. They're, yeah. Like, I think game five is going to be a close game, and Cleveland's going to pull one out. Yeah. And then Boston's just going to give so much that they're not going to have anything left for game six, yeah. and LeBron is just going to have his way. Well, he's had his way all series. I just think that uh, now it's kind of a panic mode. You know, we were up 2-0, now it's 2-2. Yeah, and we have Celt to win now. The Celtics, as a franchise, have never lost a series being up 2-0. Yeah, and they're they're gonna lose this series. I just, yeah, I just don't think they're as good of a team. I mean, they played great the the entire way through the playoffs, the the entire way through injury through Gordon and Kyrie, and they're gonna be there for the next five years. But they're not. Winning yeah, the no, Bo Boston is definitely on the rise as a franchise and as a team. Oh, they're there. I mean, yeah, LeBron better enjoy it now because. You know, unless he joins, you know, unless Cleveland gets significantly better or he joins a contender, you're not, they're not beating Boston next year. No. They're not beating Boston the year after that. Boston's here to stay. I mean, Boston is like absolutely the best team in the East moving forward. Yeah. It, especially if LeBron leaves the East, it's Boston and Philly's conference after this year. Yeah. And I think, I think Boston absolutely has a stranglehold on Philly. I, yeah. I don't no, so do a, I, you know, I don't think that there's any way I don't think Philly's beating Boston right now or next year. No, e even with a big addition, it's just like, all right, Kyrie and Gordon are coming back. Yeah. What are you going to do? You know, Ben Simmons hasn't proven effective offensively. Joel Embiid's the center. He can only do so much, you know? So, yeah. 
But anyway, so we both have Cleveland winning in six now. We yeah. said we said five at, to begin the series. Yeah, yep. no, Boston's played extremely well. Yeah, and and you know whether Coach Stevens wants to admit it or not, it's all him. The luck of the Irish is about to run out. Yeah, for this year. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully for a long time. Yeah. It's just as a Laker fan, selfishly. No, they they stole that 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 the only the only good thing of out of the uh, Isaiah trade was that pick. Yo, for sure. But Boston still got a load of picks in the future, so. Yeah. So now to the Western Conference Finals, Golden State, they're up 2 to 1 on Houston. Game 4 is tonight, starts in about 20 minutes. Yep. Um I have a strong feeling the Warriors are going to go up 3-1 even without Andre Iguodala tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, Andre Iguodala is not doing anything for them right now. I mean, he's the reason why they're so effective in their second unit and at the end of the game. The Hamptons Be- 5, baby. Yeah, because I mean, for the most part, for the most part, you know, Iguodala's played at the very very end of the game. They're yeah. not, they're not rolling with uh who's their fifth starter? JaVale or Kavon Looney. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're not they, rolling with one of those they started, guys. They're playing Draymond at center at the end of the game. And, yeah. And Iguodala is out there playing forward. So um, he, he's not going to hurt them in this series because they're that much better of a team than the Rockets. But next, next, I mean, against Cleveland, I think they need him. Yeah. And, I mean, in game three, uh, the Warriors, they won by 41 points. Steph had 35 points, probably his best game since he returned from injury. Yep. KD also had 25 points. The Warriors as a team, they broke the record for most consecutive home wins in the playoffs with their 16th in a row. They pass uh, Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls. They won 15 in a row from 90 to 91. Not even the good Bulls. Yeah, not even the good Bulls. It was the 90, 90 yeah. Bulls and the 91 Bulls. So, I mean, that's pretty. That's just yeah. the Warriors showing their dominance once again. Yep. And, I mean, in Game 3, the Rockets, they just weren't able to get it going offensively in Game 3. And Trevor Reason, Draymond kind of getting into it. I love my guy Trevor because he's a Bruin, but you can't be getting into it with Draymond down 30. No. <laughs> I mean, he was just like, you know, Draymond's just that that guy. You know, he's going to bring out the worst in you. He's going to annoy the shit out of you. Yeah. He pulls cheap shots. He, he does, you know, uh, I don't even know what you would call it, cheap stuff, but – I mean, he's winning all the time, so he has the right to do it, and uh, he balls as well. So you're going to get mad at him, and you're going to react to him, unfortunately. But he Ariza should know better. Yeah, exactly. He's been there. Yeah. He, knows, he knows what Draymond's trying to do. Yeah. I mean, if, if Draymond wrapped me up like that, I would be happy because I feel like that's a win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I'm not gonna I'd rather him foul me than – I think if, I think if Draymond uh, wraps you up and you just walk to the foul line, that's like a win. You know what I mean? Draymond's trying to yeah. get you to react. You can't react with him. Yeah. And, I mean, so we both it's, – it's pretty clear cut. Yeah. Nah. Warriors are going to win the series I'm surprised five. Houston got a game, honestly. I, I, just, I just don't think Houston's as good of a team. It's like, you know, they're a great matchup if the Warriors didn't have Durant, but <laughs> they have the second best player in the world. Yeah. And so, you know, they can't no, stop it, them. It's funny. I was watching I was watching the jump earlier and uh, I think it was Paul Pierce. He was talking he was comparing the Rockets and the Warriors, but it's like the Rockets are two players not away. even two players, two all stars away from being who the Warriors are. Yeah, I mean, I I, t- I think Capella's been well. You know, played but well But he's for still them. not. 
you know, but he's a product of the system. He's just a high pick and roll guy. Would he's you, not actually a skilled player. Who would you rather have, Draymond or Clint Capella? That's what I mean. You know, I think coming out of college, it was way more of a toss-up. But Draymond, right now, right obviously now. Draymond is okay. uh, is the one you're going to take because he's a more skilled player and he affects the game more. Whereas like Capella is an opportunistic player. Yeah, no, Capella yeah. definitely has a lot of upside. And, and I give them Capella. I mean, I'll say CP3, Harden, and Capella would match up with the Harrison Barnes, Andrew Bogut Warriors. I think this Rockets team would match up with that team. With the that, first championship team. With the original team. It's just that, you know, CP3, Harden, and Capella, you know, with Steph, Clay, and Draymond. But fuck, man, they got Kevin Durant. <laughs> they got the the second best player, arguably the best offensive player ever. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, it's just like, it's not even close. It's not even close. I mean, the the Rockets were the best team in the NBA, and they're so far away from the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors are it, in a whole other class. Uh, I mean, good good for the Warriors for going fifty eight and twenty four this year, <laughs> keeping it interesting, making people think that you're not just. Have and a stranglehold then, on this league. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like the Lakers. I mean, both Shaq and Kobe and Shaq and Powell and Bynum and Odom, they just have a light switch, and they can just flip it whenever they want. Yeah, and, and teams playing that card, that's a little risky of a card to play all the time, you know, yeah, like turning but, it on. But when you, have, when you have so many players that are so good, it's just like you're going to have – you're going to have two of those guys be on every single night. And like I've said from the jump, I mean, five years ago, at any single given possession, they can get a Draymond three, a wide open Draymond three. They could live easily, off that. Easily. At any single play they wanted to. And uh, he'll probably make and he's, and he's five or six out of ten. So it's just like, you know, you can't stop them offensively. They have too many weapons. Yeah. And I mean, so. Draymond I, Green's going to be a Hall of Famer. Oh, for sure. And he's a second round pick. I for mean, sure. And he was he's an undersized power forward. He's an undersized he's center. He's 6'6 realistically. Yeah, it's it's uh it's amazing what he, the production that the uh Warriors are getting out of these guys. I mean, Clay went to Washington State. No one no one no one saw him coming, you know. No yeah. one No one thought he was going to be in the breath of Ray Allen and Reggie Miller and now he is, you know. Clay Thompson's dad was a number 1 overall pick in the NBA draft. Yeah, yeah, he was. And and Michael Thompson was great, but it's like Clay is just on a whole nother level. No, I know, but I'm saying like Clay had the expectations to be great. He went to Washington State, didn't get that many looks in college, and now look at what he is. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think Clay and Draymond ever dreamed of being a Hall of Famer and they're they're going they're to basically be. a lock and then, you know, Stephen Curry is obviously a guy that Critic, was, critics was, may not have seen it. He may have believed it. Oh, but, he for sure probably believed but, uh, it. But, you know, I can remember telling people, and this is just toot my own horn, and there's no way I could prove this, but I remember talking to people about Steph Curry being an MVP candidate coming to, coming into the league. And, well, I'm going to have to check the timestamps on that. No, I mean, people thought I was crazy because, you know, they thought, well, he's going to be, you know, a specialty guy, maybe a bench player. Uh, you know, a guy to spread the court. And yeah, no, just, he was doubted all his but whole what, what, Where career. I was coming from was the fact that, like, Steve Nash had such a, a crazy impact on the game. And I felt when Curry was at Davidson, he was Steve Nash with the jumper. Yeah, I could see that. Now, me saying that's very empty. I predicted a lot of things over the years <laughs> so you don't see, you know, all the wrong. But, I, you know. 
You're right on a couple. Yeah, I get right every now and then. Curry, Curry's a special guy. Oh, for sure. And well, speaking of Curry and scoring and all of that, I wanted I wanted to get your opinion on the scoring discrepancy in the playoffs, in the conference finals themselves. Yeah, I I just think it's the NBA today. You know, I I think these games are they're out of touch early. I just. I don't understand. It's like one team's playing well, one team's not. You know, the, the the offensive juggernauts that these teams are. You know, like uh, the Cleveland or uh, Golden State won the fourth quarter, thirty-eight to eighteen, and yeah, that they were already up twenty. Yeah, I mean, what what I don't understand personally is why people get upset that teams are blowing each other out. When I was when I was in high school and I played basketball. Me and my teammates wanted to go and and play the game against the other team and blow the other team out every single game. Yeah. Well, uh, no, you're always shooting for that as a player. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why people can't find it entertaining to watch a team blow another team out when you see a team like the Warriors doing the things that they're doing. Yeah, because it's just not. Uh, I mean, people are just bored to see it. If it was, um. You know, San Antonio blowing the Rockets out by 40, people would be talking about it, and people would be like, wow, this is amazing. But we've seen the Warriors do this for five years now. And we've seen Cleveland do this for, you know, however long it's been, 15 years. Um, Well, no, we haven't seen Cleveland do it. We've seen LeBron do it. We've seen – we've you know, we've been watching it. So I think think right now we're just kind of stale because um, even though Boston made it interesting, it's just like everybody knows it's – I think deep down everybody knows Golden State's going to win it. Cleveland's yeah. probably going to win the East, and there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing else really to talk about. The first and second round are great because it's good teams, and you know they could go either way. But when it comes to Golden State and Cleveland right now, they've just it's boring when one team dominates. No, I mean here's the thing: you said the word stale. It's like I don't see, like me personally, I don't see the NBA as stale right now, even with. The Warriors and it's the Cavs. Only stale. It's only stale in the sense that there's two teams in the finals. Everything leading up to that, it's not very stale. But I think that's. I think having the same two teams in the finals for four years in a row potentially this year, I think that's very interesting, and I think that's great for the league. Yeah, no, it's. I, I think it's bad for the league. See, I, I, you want you want disparity. Like, I, I, I think in the NFL. For instance, is such a great league, and it's America's number one sport. And I think it's basketball's been, coming up quick though. Yeah, no, and I think basketball is the the more pure sport, like soccer. Um, but football has such a disparity because there's so many teams in it every single year. You know, it comes down to one game. Whereas, like, basketball, in a seven-game series, the best team wins every time. There's no upsets. There's nothing interesting. Yeah. You're not seeing – you're not seeing um, – and, I mean, I guess I really – shouldn't say say it this way but it's like you know when the patriots are going into the super bowl against the giants and they're losing you don't really see that in nba now yeah now cleveland was down 3-1 to the warriors and came back and won when they were 73 and 9 so yeah that does happen but for the most part i think because just the dynamic of football um and stuff like that you want you want teams mixing up you want more more fans to feel like they have a shot Whereas, like, I don't think there's maybe four or five markets that feel like they have a shot right now. So it's just like, eh, we're just kind of waiting around, watching <laughs> our players develop, you know. Like, 
it's just it's I don't think it's good for the league to have zero disparity. Now the NBA has always been a league that's been dynasty dominant. Yeah. You know, like I love watching dynasties. Spurs, Lakers, yeah, but it's you know if you grew up in Memphis or you grew up in Minnesota or you grew up in Cleveland, or, you know it's it's not fun because you're never in it. And that's where I get to be selfish yeah. as a Laker fan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've been. <laughs> no, it, it's not even selfish. You've just been blessed. Oh, dude, I've been spoiled. You get dynasties, and you're always in it, and you know you can feel bad. You know, even when you're not, even when you don't win it, you're still in it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the Lakers, outside of the last four or five years, it's like. But old. they've always technically still been in it. Always as been the in it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard for a fan to get excited about something when you're not in it. I guess. Yeah. So I mean, as far as like the the scoring, the scoring is just the nature of the game nowadays. Yeah. Um, but the NBA needs needs to do something. About what? I mean, it just uh, it's the Warriors are just too dominant. I well, mean, the, I here, think they're they they've got a no they, one's being the Warriors. So they they were talking about this on the jump as well. It basically, and they they looped it into the conversation that Paul Pierce was having about the Rockets being still being two All Stars behind the Warriors. But when the new collective bargaining agreement hit and the new TV rights and all of that hit the the NBA Players Association and the NBA had to split the money. Yeah. But basically the way the NBA was to give the money to the Players Association was they could either give them the money now like right up front yeah. and then that's how all the teams from the revenue sharing would get the, all that extra money to sign players like that. Yeah. How Kevin Durant got to the Warriors, yeah. and why the Lakers signed Timofey Mozgov and Lou Aldang to those crazy contracts because teams had extra money. Yeah, it's like now the Rockets got CP3 after that, and the collective bargaining agreement shifted. Basically, they can't do. The Rockets don't have the power to do what the Warriors to did. do what the Warriors did. Now, I it's the collective bargaining agreement's not really what I have a, a beef with because. The Warriors did it the right way. They drafted yeah. these guys. Well, yeah. It, it sucks that Kevin Durant chose to go there because but that made be, it uninteresting. But the only way Kevin Durant could have gone there was because the teams got all that extra money up front. And you should have all that money from play. You should be able to give. You should be able to give more money to players that you drafted and you've had on your team agree. than other teams. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's why. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know business well enough to, you know, <laughs> to like drop a CBA. But it's it's crazy. I mean, and and when players are willing to take pay cuts, it's just dangerous. You know, people because of our culture and just like obsessing over rings. Yeah, it's never gonna. It's it's probably not ever gonna change. No, I don't think it will. But anyway. But yeah, no. I mean, it's it's a. I think this is the most. This stretch in the early 2000s, I think, is the worst stretch for the NBA ever. I th I just think when the Laker when the Lakers had Shaq, um, there was like three, four years maybe where literally the only thing every single person was trying to do is figure out how to stop Shaq. That's only yeah. like in, and they had Kobe, um, but it's just like the only thing the league tried to do for years was just to stop Shaq. And so, and, and right now, the only thing people are trying to do is stop the Warriors. And in the middle of that, they added Kevin Durant. It's just, it's not interesting. Uh, 
We'll it's, agree to disagree. It's, it's it's interesting if you're a Warriors fan or you were a Lakers fan, but outside of that, it's just like, all right, well, yeah, Kevin Durant signed with a team that went 73-9. It's like <laughs> you're not going to do anything about that. We just got to wait it out for the Warriors to, to age, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, that. see, that's what's crazy is like, Time goes by so quick. It does not feel like this is Kevin Durant's second postseason with the Warriors. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like he's been there forever now. Now <laughs> it's just like now he's just there. He's not even yeah. he's not even a Thunder. He's just a Warrior. Yeah. Now he's just there. He's just that's what that's what you are. Like no one's gonna give a shit about what you did before the Warriors now because you went so. I think Kevin Durant fucked up. I mean, that's that's a big story. But it's just like his – I mean, he threw away his own legacy to be part of the Warriors' legacy, which is understandable if he ends up with, you know, three or four rings. But yeah, he didn't do it. He I, He's almost the most disrespected ring holder there is, you know. Like, <laughs> I don't think anybody – I don't think anybody in the history of the NBA has ever done anything like that, you know. That's won a ring at least. Yeah, maybe like Bill Walden. Uh, but you know but bill walton's looked at as a great yeah but he like joined at the very end of the he joined the like but he won but he won a ring in portland in the 70s yeah yeah well then that's that's pretty legit i didn't realize he won a ring with portland yeah he won a ring he won a ring in portland and in boston Boston. yeah see boston yeah he latched on he latched on to boston because he was hurt and all of that go join the fucking bird celtics you know like I don't know. Yeah, but he's and he's also a champion from UCLA. So. Yeah. No, no. Bill Wall. Bill Wall's great. I'm just. I was trying to think of any anyone that's even done close that just like to latched what, on at the end. Yeah, I mean Clyde Drexler. He did. He did yeah. it with Houston. You know, he, he Clyde Drexler got one ring. Yeah. He didn't even play on that. He 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 got traded to Houston mid-season on their second ring. Yeah. So yeah, it's like eh, you know, you did win a ring, but it's like <laughs> fuck, man, what did what, yeah. I don't know. Durant, I'm still salty about that. I can't believe – there's two things I can never believe. It's like I can't believe Durant's on the Warriors, and I can't believe Trump's president. How did those two things happen? We're not getting into this. How did it happen? We're, we're on to football now. Durant. On to football now. Durant, man, you fucked up. So, last week, I covered the NFC defenses, the top five NFC defenses I was looking forward to seeing uh, this, this upcoming season. Tyler covered the top five NFC offenses. He was looking forward to seeing this coming up season. And now this week we are on to the AFC. So I'll start it off with my top five AFC offenses that I'm looking forward to seeing. So, I mean, in no particular order, really. uh, The Oakland Raiders, number one. Derek Carr looking to improve off of a year that was pretty much a disappointment for him. The, the Raiders are stacked right right now. Who, who are you talking about? Um, Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. Yeah, I mean, both of him and Amari both had slump years last yes. year. But I think it's just because, A, Marshawn got hurt, and, B, the entire – the only thing the defense gave a shit about was Carr to Cooper. That's why you look at the first eight weeks and you look at Crabtree's numbers, they're, like, astronomical. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, what I was going – what I was trying to say was – the Raiders were looking to improve off of the playoff run they made the year before, but I mean, it was a disappointment for both Crabtree or uh, Derek Carr and, and, Amari. and Amari Cooper. Excuse me. Yep. Um, but now they they lost Michael Crabtree, but they gained Jordy Nelson and Martavius Bryant, who got out of a really crappy situation for him in 
uh, Pittsburgh. And they still have Marshawn Lynch, and they signed Doug Martin. So, I mean. Yep, yeah, and their first-round pick was a monster offensive tackle. Um, the Raiders are I, – I was – I was just talking about the Raiders not that long ago and how good I think their offense is because, you know, they're stacked at quarterback. They have they have two veteran running backs, like you said, Martin and Marshawn, Doug Martin and Marshawn Lynch. And then it's just, you know, Martavis, Amari, and uh, Jordy Nelson is just as good of a three-wide receiver set as anybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, I mean, and on top of that, you know, they have, they have a great offensive line with a ton of veterans – uh, you know, like someone like Donald Pan and Giacomini, um, they've both played over 10 years in the league. Yeah. And they're both massive human beings. <laughs> um, you know, but seriously, I mean, like 6'8", six, 6'7". Six, you know, yeah, no, they're huge. And to bring in that uh, the kid from U- UCLA, um, uh, Colt Miller. He's another one of those massive human beings. So yeah. it's it's they're they're looking they're super nasty on offense. And the other thing I like about their offense is John Gruden has completely built this team like he built the Raiders Super Bowl team in 2000. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very veteran heavy. I mean, a lot of old guys. I mean, not just old, but like mid-30s old guys. Yeah. But those guys can play, and it's like when you have a bunch of them, you're not leaning on one or two of them. It, like a Doug Martin, Marshawn Lynch scenario. It's That's like, a nice two-headed backfield right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. You know, how, how much production can you get out of those guys when they only have, you know, 120 carries in a season? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what the, what the Raiders can do. Yep. Moving on, the next team I'm looking forward to seeing is the Houston Texans. Uh, Deshaun Watson, he was the clear-cut rookie of the year before – uh, tearing his ACL last season, I I think he can bounce back and be the player he was and become the player he's supposed to be. Yeah, he seems like a baller. Yeah, and I mean, if he if he's rolling, I think the Texans are the clear cut favorites to win the AFC South next year. Um, also, we can't forget about DeAndre Hopkins. He's probably a top five receiver in the NFL. Yep. And Will Fuller had a huge year for the team last year, and he's he's going to yeah. be looking to improve. Touchdown machine. Yeah, and they still have Lamar Miller in the backfield and Deontay uh, Foreman. Yep, second-year uh, player. Yeah, second-year player looking to improve off of a pretty solid rookie year. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Texans, they're, they're looking pretty good this year. Yep, uh, Braxton Miller in there still. Uh, yeah. He's always he's always cool to see. Uh, they picked up Sammy Coates from, from Pittsburgh. Yeah, another Pittsburgh receiver. Yeah, it's it that that's definitely all on Watson's shoulders. We'll see how uh see how he looks. Yeah. And then I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm excited to see what the Cleveland Browns look like this year. Yeah, of course. They're 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 the team to watch this year, I think. Yeah, and I mean, they're going to be on hard knocks, so that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yep. I can't wait. The, here's uh here's the two things. Hard knocks. I got two things. It's just everyone's gonna say it's like, wow, Baker Mayfield like can really play. This kid's a stud, you know, because they're gonna get to see him in a competitive nature. Yeah. And the other thing everyone's gonna be saying, they're not saying right now, is oh my god, Josh Gordon's the best receiver in the NFL. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I think, I think people are gonna get a uh, a look into the uh, behind the curtain. Yeah. As Jalen Rose would say, and they're gonna see how good Josh. Josh Gordon really is how how big of a freak he is, and then I think they're also going to see how good Baker Mayfield, how he really is deserving of the number one pick, and how I think he might actually be the guy that changes 
Cleveland. Yeah, so, I mean, like like you just mentioned, Baker Mayfield, they drafted him number one overall. They also traded for Tyrod Taylor, so we all know what that means, quarterback competition. They have a great – they have a great um... – they have a great scenario with their quarterbacks. They have two veterans, Tyrod and Drew Stanton. And yep. They have Baker. So it's uh, Baker is going to win the competition. I think Baker's going to win it too. Just because, you know, I just think he's a competitor and a baller and in practice, quarterbacks, um, they look good. So you're going you're gonna to feel good about where you're getting out of him. Yeah. So, I mean, you also mentioned Josh Gordon. So in addition to Flash, they also traded for Juice Landry. Yep. Uh, that I think is going to be huge, but an, something that is what I noticed—I mean, it's not really crazy—but given his past, but Josh Gordon's looking to complete his first full season in the NFL since his rookie year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just he's just been plagued with a bunch of bullshit this whole this whole the whole way through. You yeah, know, it's just he he hasn't been been able to get over it, and I mean, I'm not making excuses because you know he probably held the cards and all of those moves but he's arguably he's like a top five talent in the nfl i mean he's just, yeah. just as talented he's just as talented as odb and julio For sure. and aj green and all these guys if he are, wants to be yeah all the and i think you know i don't think it's ever had anything to do with football no i mean he was playing football messed up yeah yeah they got Corey coleman coming off an injury yeah i mean they still uh, got they still got duke johnson they drafted nick chubb they they i mean they have <laughs> they probably have uh you know and i love the browns but goddamn their running back scenario is in, insane because duke johnson had a super uh productive year last year yeah they they draft nick chubb is probably the second best running back in the draft and then they signed Carlos Hyde, who was super productive player. Now all of a sudden, um, you know, a guy like Nick Chubb has no responsibility. Whereas, like, he could have gone to a team and had to be the three down starting running back. Yeah, now he can third third string running back has no responsibilities. And then you got someone like Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde splitting carries that are guys that have been productive in this league already. It's uh, it's looking good. Yeah, but we have to remember. This is, this is the Browns. Njoku is a second-year player. He was a first-round draft pick at tight end. Yeah. Crazy athletic, you know, super, super big, powerful guy. Um, he's going to be a great offensive piece, and, and they've always had great linemen. I mean, they're, always, they're constantly sending veteran linemen to other teams to make them better. You know yeah. I mean, they're, they're actually really good at drafting linemen, so we'll see how the line looks this year. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't think they're going to win more than three or four games. I don't think you can progress from not winning a game in two years to basically making the playoffs. It's just I just don't believe in that sort of progression. Yeah. So, it's, it's tough, though, with a young team. Um, you know, you're, you're getting better with all their progression, and then on top of that, you're adding a bunch of, uh, you know, they're, you're, they're adding a good amount of free agents. Yeah. You never know. No, I mean, we'll see, but I don't, I don't got them for more than three or four yeah, games. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I'd have to look it up, but we'll see, we'll see what the, like, the biggest um, disparity from year to year. Like, what's the most wins gained? You know, yeah, I mean, it's year. also, I mean, we're going to, obviously, when we get to, yet, get to the NFL season, we'll get back to the picks, picks of the week and all of that. I mean, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how many games we actually pick of theirs for them to win. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I 
definitely like the Browns. This is the best Browns team I've seen in a long, long time. Oh, probably for sure. And they're young, so they're they're good. They're ready to roll. Yeah. And now, I mean, the last two, I mean, it's pretty obvious where I think I'm going with these two last teams. But Pittsburgh, the Steelers, they got a new offensive coordinator, Randy Fickner. Uh, he was the team's quarterback coach for the past eight seasons, so at least Big Ben isn't going to be at odds with an offensive coordinator like last season. Yeah. And, I mean, what more needs to be said than Big Ben, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell? Yeah. I, I know Bell, he's dealing with his contract disputes because he was franchised in the offseason. He's not going to attend OTAs, but everything's going to be fine. They, they, got, uh, they got Ken Griffey's kid in uh, training camp. Oh, really? Yeah, Trey Griffey. Oh, that's uh, pretty cool. Yep, he's in, he's in he's in uh he's in camp and uh, you know just to piggyback on you, what they said uh what you said is like you know the running back scenario is really good. James Conner, uh Steven yeah. Ridley, um the wide receivers obviously they got Antonio Brown, Juju Smith. Yeah, um, Juju had a huge rookie and then, year. And then it's like, you know, yeah, they they got Ben, but their quarterback scenario is like as good as anybody's in the league after that because they just they just drafted Mason Rudolph, who yeah. uh, you know there's some ex- experts out there that think you know he's one one of the better guys, and they still got Landry Jones, who's a guy that I think a lot of teams are trying to trade for. Yeah, he's been in their system because, a long time. Yeah, because I think they think he's ready to start now. And jo- you know Josh Dobbs from Tennessee, the good story. Yeah, uh, that's four good quarterbacks at camp, and um, with quarterbacks, you know Roethlisberger can go down any time. So yeah. I think they're good no matter what happens to them. They could lose Ben Roethlisberger and still be all right. Yeah, and I mean, with uh, Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster having such big uh, production on the field, obviously they got rid of Martavius Bryant. They let go of Sammy Coates. There's no real confusion anymore no, about I mean, anyone's been role. Drafting, Steelers have been drafting great wide receivers for 10 years. Yeah. They can let people go all day. I mean, there's people – all over the league dominating that were that used to be, you know, uh, Pittsburgh wide receivers. Yeah. And then finally, obviously, the New England Patriots, as much as I hate to say it, but as long as Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are together, they can plug in whoever they want and yeah. their offense will run. Drafted Sonny Mitchell out of Georgia. People are down with that. Brian yeah. Hoyer is like a starting quarterback. He's their backup. Uh, Gronk, I don't really think Gronk's an issue. I think yeah, Gronk's no. going to be there. They got they got Gronk coming back. They got Julian Edelman coming back from picked, injury. Picked up Jordan Matthews from and Philadelphia. Cord- and Cordell Patterson. Cordell, yeah. And, and Cordell is like one of those guys that is what, you know, when the Patriots get a hold of him, all of a sudden you think he's going to be a player. Yeah, and I mean, Chris Hogan is still there. He's been in the system for a few years now. Yeah, they got they got a bu- – I mean, they got all the same names. You're always seeing out there, uh, Julian Edelman, Cor- uh, Matthew Slater, all these guys. Yeah, so, I mean, that that's pretty, mu- pretty much it. I mean, Patriots, Steelers, Browns, Texans, and Raiders. That's that's who yeah. I'm looking forward to watching this yeah. year in the AFC. Yeah, the Bra- the Browns, that's going to be – it's going to be fun to watch. Um I think they're going to win some games. People are. I think they'll win a few. People are counting them out. It's it's because they won zero. If they if they won two games last year, you know, it'd be different. Yeah. But uh, moving on to the defense, um, a lot of a lot of the same teams you just named actually, which is pretty scary. Um, but oh. I'm, I'm going to start out with. I'll, I'll try to go from like the bottom to the top. I didn't really rank them in order, but um, I'll start out with uh, with Denver. 
Oh uh, yeah, no. You know. Denver Denver looks Denver always has a solid defense. Yeah, they won Den- a Super Bowl on a defense. Yeah, I think Denver just had an off season last year. I don't think there's there's anything to be too concerned about. Um they're returning their defensive coordinator. So there's no big changes schematically. They're still running the same three four. Uh but it's just like Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb on the edge on the edge is probably as good of a combo as there is in the NFL. Oh, for sure. And Bradley Chubb hasn't even played a game yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, you saw how excited Von Miller was when, yeah, they, when yeah. that video yeah. of uh, when they drafted Bradley Chubb. Yep, and they still, you know, you need big bodies up front um, in the 3-4. They got Derek Wolf, who's like a 320-pound D-lineman. Um, he's a great player for them. He's been with them for a long time. Brandon Marshall is, you know, one of the best inside linebackers in the game. Yep. And then Chris Harris Jr. even leaves in a keep to leave and, and these guys. Chris, Chris Harris Jr. is no slouch. Chris Harris Jr. is the top five corner in the league. Um, I don't care who he has. There, <laughs> he's going to be. He's going to be in the top five for sure. So I mean, Denver. They have a good. They have good enough offense, but I still think this this team's identity is on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on from Denver, uh, I'll probably go with, uh, with Baltimore as another team that I just think it's like same old song and dance. Joe Flacco struggled last year. It's not going to be the same this year. Uh, I think Joe Flacco is going to come in in good shape. He's going to be ready to play, especially with a youngster pushing him, uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson. I think that makes you more focused. Um, but they have a new they have a new uh, defensive coordinator, Don Martindale. But he's been with the team for the last six seasons as a linebacker coach. So, so he knows the scheme. He knows it's, it, they're still running their three four scheme or or a four six if you want to be more even more technical about it. Yeah. Um. So you know they're still dominant on the edge. Terrell Suggs is still out there. You, you know that's uh, crazy. And, and Suggs is T Sizzle baby. Yeah, Terrell Suggs is still one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Um, on top of that, C.J. Mosley is a stud, and then their back their back end is where they really play well, and that allows them to play that four six defense with an extra guy in the box. And it's because of guys like Eric Weddle, um, who is who is at one point the highest paid safety in the NFL. Yeah. And then you know cornerbacks like Jimmy Smith out there uh, playing lockdown defense. Uh, if Baltimore gets any production out of their offense, which they haven't had in a while, um, they're going to be a really good team. In a really, really tough division, um, but yeah, uh, Baltimore. I got, I got them. I think they're going to be definitely another top five defense again um, for like the millionth year in a row. <laughs> um, next one I'm going to talk about is Pittsburgh. Another same old song and dance scenario. Yep. Pairing it with a top five offense, you talked about Pittsburgh's definitely a Super Bowl contender this year. For sure. Uh, they all they they have been for the past five years probably. Uh, it's Keith Butler's fourth year as a defensive coordinator. He's been with the team since 2003. Um, so he's so been he's been there for all the Super Bowls. He's been there since Roethlisberger's got there. He's been there since uh, Tomlin's got Tom, there. Tomlin's been there. So Keith Butler. Lifetime Steeler um, running their tough four three defense. They put big bodies up front. Um, you got big names like Cameron Hayward, Stephen Tuitt, Brad, Dup- uh, Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt came on. T.J. Watt had an incredible rookie year. Yeah, and that's you know that's four pretty big names to add just in your front seven. Uh, and unfortunately, they lost Ryan Shazier. Yeah. Or this team probably be the best front seven in the NFL, and then you know Joe Hayden on the back end. And and think about. Think about also with T.J. Watt, he pushed James Harrison out. Yeah, he he pushed him out uh, in in a sense, but I also think you know 
James Harrison was just kind of like a specialist for them. I think yeah. he was more of a locker room guy. He was out of James Harrison was out of football for two years, asked to come back. Yeah. I think it's just because of the Steelers. Um, I think TJ Watt just was a rookie. He just needed some time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, Steeler, Steelers are going to be back at it again. Uh, they run the football. They take care of the ball with Ben. Um, they're going to be fine. The last two, these are the two defenses I definitely think are um, – they're really the only two defenses I think can mess with those NFC defenses we talked about last week. And the, um, the first one's Houston. Um, the Texans obviously have the monster names in Watt and Clowney. But they brought in Romeo Cornell, who last year was their assistant head coach. So it shows you and, – and Romeo Cornell has been a head coach in the NFL. Yeah. So, um, this guy can coach. He's going to – he's not going to change the scheme at all uh, from Vrabel last year. And uh, they're going to run that same 3-4 defense. But uh, Houston, you know, Romeo Cornell, Bill O'Brien, both of them are Belichick prodigies. Yep. Um, so they're kind of running that same, you know – uh, New England style defense, but with play, you know, they got Watt in the middle, moving all over the place. Javion Clowney on the edge. But what I really like what they did was, you know, they signed Honey Badger, who I'm a huge fan of. That that Honey was Badger. a huge pickup yeah, for them. A, that was a huge pickup because, you know, safety I think was a position they were really lacking. They have veterans like Jonathan Joseph and Kareem Jackson at corner. Uh, which I think is fine. They put pressure on the quarterback with Watt and Clowney, which I think is great. Um, they lost Cushing, who could run in space and make tackles. But, I mean, I think that's, you know, a dime a dozen. You can find guys that can run around and make tackles. In, right, in but you, and you, you also can't count on Cushing's availability because yeah, of he's been, uh, suspended. Suspensions, concussions. Yeah, he's, whole he's multitude just, of things. Yeah, he's, he's a classic uh, throwback middle linebacker. The best but, attribute is availability. But, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. But Tyron, uh, the honey badge coming there, I think that definitely puts him in the echelon of Houston. Houston, I think, is in the argument for best defense in the NFL. Oh, for sure. Definitely definitely top five defense, if not top three. Yep, and then, and if they can, uh, you know, if they can stay with Watson in a running game, they're going to be very similar to Seattle a couple of years ago, where they're just dominating the running game and their and their rush, de- you know, their defense is there. Um, but the last team, last but not least, Saxonville. Yeah, my squad last year, they were, you know, they were my kind of my my favorite newcomer of the year. Um, Todd Walsh, it's his third year there as a defensive coordinator. He runs his 4-3 defense. He's been with the Jags since 2013, so he kind of helped develop this defense into what it is. He, you know, he molded them. But, goddamn, the names on their their defense is just unreal. You know, on the defensive line, having someone like Calais Campbell and Ndoku, who had a, a monster breakout year, and then Marcellus Darius, uh, Marcel Darius in the middle. Um, he's the guy at one point was arguably the best, you know, interior defensive lineman in the league with yeah. guys like Sue and Darnold. I mean, he really has that kind of production. Um, and then, you know, to back it off with Miles Jack, who's an insanely good athlete, a linebacker. Played both at, both sides of the ball at UCLA. And and then, you know, book and shut down corners with A.J. Bowie and Jalen Ramsey, it's just uh, – I think this is the defense – the best defense in the NFL. Yeah, no, Jacksonville, they had an incredible last year – or incredible season last year, and then this year 
one year's more experience. I can yeah, only imagine yeah, what yeah. they're going to do. Uh, I like the fact that they didn't make any moves. I mean, I think that they, they're counting on Ramsey's going to be a second-year player. Bowie's going to be a second-year player. And Doku's going to, you know, progress as a second-year starter. Miles Jack, I think, is going to keep uh, progressing. He's going to keep getting better because he's, uh, you know, 25 years old. And then you got people like Marcel, Marcel Darius and Calais Campbell who've been doing it. They've done it for multiple teams. Yeah. They're still there. It's going to be good. Saxonville. Yeah. So that, that wraps up the NFL talk. Uh, so next week we're going to do our way too early power rankings for yeah. everybody. Yep. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, Tyler, so Golden State and Houston started. Yep. There's – Five minutes, 37 seconds to go in the first quarter. You want to guess the score? There's how, how much time? Five minutes, 23 seconds left in the first quarter. So, what, we're like halfway through the first quarter? Halfway through the first quarter. It's what, lopsided game? 12 to 4, yeah. Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, Golden State, man. There's, the, there's, no, there's, no chance, there's no chance anybody being Golden State. The Rockets were scoreless for the first five total minutes of the game. Yeah. Yep, and they were the best team in the NBA this year. You know, <laughs> it's just that's just how it goes when you're playing a team that's superiorly better than you. Yeah, Golden State's better on offense, and they're the best offensive team in the league. And Golden State's better on defense. Yeah, no, definitely. So, all right, Tyler, I got a three-question, two-minute drill for you. Okay. Just real quick. So the first question: Des Bryant still unsigned. There were rumors the Packers were potentially going to sign him. But it's looking more unlikely that Green Bay, they're not they're not going to sign him. Where where do you think Dez is going to land? Oh man, Dez, it, it could go so many ways. I mean, I think there's unfortunately right now for him with camp starting is that teams are going to see you know what they have and they're going to realize they have more. Like I think most teams are going to you know find some sort of gem or some sort of draft pick or some sort of free agent. Be like, okay, we've upgraded this position group. Now, what team is going to be like? We like need a massive upgrade at this position. And the longer this goes, the more and more I just, uh, you know, he he could hold himself out of like really screwing himself out of some money. Well, I mean, I, he I mean, wanted right now. I don't know if he can ask for any money by any teams because everyone's already got their team set. Um, Who's going to want to give $10 million to a guy they don't already have? Right, exactly. I mean, I saw I saw reports that he w- he wants like $10 million a year, yeah. and I saw reports that teams weren't even willing to give him the veterans minimum yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, because no, uh, no one wants to take on a, you know, uh, a, a confident number one wide receiver. It's, a headache. Yeah, and, and it's like unless you really need him, you don't want to bring him on and – disrupt progression of your young guys or make your number one receiver mad because now you're bringing in another number one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I think he's going to end up signing with a team that's like got a bunch of veterans. It's not worried about him messing anything up. And the, you know, it's crazy. You know, green Bay would have been one of the teams I would have said, but yeah, because they're they... obviously not interested, but there's always, New England could always do something because that was the first team that just popped into yeah, my head. Yeah, I think New England's kind of the obvious choice. Um, if he wants to go win a ring, yeah. The other team, I think that the other the other team, I think that could really use him and have the money is Miami. I think Miami really needs a wide receiver, but no one wants to go play for Miami right now. Um, they don't got a guy throwing the ball. 
And uh, you know, you could you could throw in, you know, these teams like Sandy uh Carson Chargers, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Like if he goes there, that could that could be nice. Um I just you know, buff, I, Buffalo. To me it's just surprising that he is still unsigned. Yeah, I just I'm such a I, in my eyes I just don't think you should pay receivers. I just don't <laughs> think they do enough. I mean, I, they're a dependent position. It's yeah. just that how many receivers by themselves can impact a game? Maybe five. Maybe. Maybe five. Yeah. And and he was one of those guys at one point, but it's it's been three years now. Yeah. So speaking of receivers, uh, on Friday I saw a video of Odell Beckham Jr. taking batting practice at Angel Stadium before the game. He hit a home run. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to hear – your top three athletes that could play a different sport professionally than they play right now? Like of all sports? Yeah. In like, all sports. Like, to me, the first obvious one is I think LeBron could be a Hall of Fame tight end tomorrow. I think LeBron James could be the best football player, the best soccer player, the best baseball player in the world. I don't think he could play baseball. I don't think he could play soccer. I think if he was playing baseball or soccer when he was a kid, he'd be fucking dominant now. No, okay. I mean, look at Aaron Judge. Yeah. No, okay. There's no – and so, all right, the only thing Aaron Judge has on LeBron, the only thing is – Is he's been playing baseball long. Eye-hand coordination. Yeah. And that's – we've never tested LeBron on his eye-hand coordination. What if the guy's a freak with eye-hand coordination? (laughs) Like, and it's like judging by his athletic ability, he probably is. Yeah. Um, But – Getting back to your getting back to your question, um, the you know LeBron I think is an obvious one. Rajon Rondo is definitely up there for me. Like one of the first names I hear. What do you mainly what, what because sport? mainly because I know he was like an All State quarterback and an All State baseball player. Okay. I mean, see, guy, I didn't know that the guy was born with six fingers on his hands. That's fair. I mean, the guy has massive. You know, his, his hands are crazy. He has the the widest shoulders of any guard in the NBA. He's six one with like a six eight wingspan. Yeah, um, I think that kind of shit translates to to any sport. Um, another one, uh, you know, uh, there a guy that's not active right now that's been a great two sport athlete is Nate Robinson. Was, yeah, was a Division one football player. At yeah, he 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 says he could have played in the NFL if he wanted to. I think he would have played in the NFL. I mean, yeah. the fact that he went to the NBA is way harder than the oh, NFL. Oh, for sure. You know, um, and then you know, it's guys like I, I would love to see Cristiano Ronaldo play football. Like I would love to see him. I don't I, think he could play football. Like I would love to see him play running back or or wide receiver. His speed and power, his vision, his you know his athletic ability. I think, uh, I think Ronaldo's like one of the one of the best athletes in the world. And then, and then it's like, Giannis could do whatever he wanted to. Okay. You know, Giannis could be a pro soccer player. Giannis, like, if Giannis was a first baseman. That's a long reach for a first baseman. Yeah, that's you know, nuts. If if Giannis is a soccer player, if if. If Giannis is out there at receiver in the red zone, yeah, just lob it up there. Yeah, I mean this this goes back to my my belief that basketball players are are the alphas of athletes in the world. There's no better athletes in the world than NBA players. I could agree with that. Best athletes in the world play basketball. Not even 
not even close to me. I, I it's it's. I think the only close. I think the only other one would be soccer players because they yeah, have to absolutely. run constantly. No, absolutely. I think I think basketball and soccer, I, like people that come with, to me with rugby and football. It's no, like you're putting way too much. You're putting way too much value on power. Yeah, on the and, strain and, on the and body. It's like, and if you stood a, if you stood rugby players and football players next to basketball players, they're gonna look like little kids. Yeah. I mean, an NFL running back is going to look like a child compared to LeBron James. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just true. Unless, I mean, yeah, I think the people, only one people, that w- I think people I think people put too much value on power, and they put they don't put any respect on length. I think length is like arguably the most athletic attribute there is. Yeah. And when you're taller, how much, how when much you're space taller, you can you're cover. better. Now there are some like specific scenarios in football where you need leverage and being low helps you. Yeah. But that's such a small piece of it. And that's only you basically you're only saying, Oh, power is the most important thing. No, yeah. It's not. Anyone can be powerful. Yeah. Not everyone can be athletic. All right. Last question. The Phoenix Suns currently have the number one overall draft pick in the upcoming draft. And their GM, Ryan McDonough, said they'd consider trading the pick straight up for a few different players in the league. Uh, and it's going to be a busy month for them. What do you think the Suns should do with the pick? Uh, you know, I think they're they're basically they're they're okay. I don't think they're going to fuck it up. I think they could trade it. You know, if they if they really think some some you know if they think some stud like really wants to come play for Phoenix, like if Carl Anthony Towns really thinks that, like Phoenix is the answer, go ahead, dude. Him and like, Devin Booker are like best friends. Yeah, yeah, but. I mean, it, if you can get Carl Anthony Towns for the number one pick, uh, that's obviously a good plan, but you better get something else. Because normally I would say, yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, like you're not going to get someone out, coming out of college that's as good. At, but but in this, this draft, this you draft, might. This draft, I think, is, is the most talented draft I've seen since 2003. Um, and, you know, who knows? It, like, what if you trade your number one pick for Carl Anthony Towns and DeAndre Ayton just absolutely dominates him? Or what if your coach, you know, your coach for the Suns is like, dude, we need like take Donkic, like this yeah. kid can play. That's that's he's the route I think my, they're gonna he's go. He's gonna make my team better. Like, I mean, then it's gonna be tough for them not to take. It's it's. it's I think if you trade away that number one pick, you better really be sure that Aiton and Donkic aren't gonna haunt your nightmares for the next fifteen years. Yeah. So. On one hand, you know, like I said, I don't think they can fuck it up. But on the other hand, I guess, you know, obviously you can always fuck fuck it up. But um, if they're trading the pick, they better get more than just, like, one player. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't do the number one pick for Anthony Towns straight up. No, not in this NBA. I, I, I just don't – I just you better get another – a future first rounder with that or you better get, like, two players with that. But, you know, this, this draft – I, I really, I really did believe before the the lottery started. I really believed that 29 teams had Aiden as their number one, and and Phoenix was the only team in the NBA that had Donkic, and it just so happened. It's great that they got the number one pick. Cause yeah, I don't the, think anyone really knows what they're gonna do. They, I mean, Donkic, what he did in Europe is unreal. It, unreal. It's uh, unprecedented. It, yeah, it's it's he's the biggest he's the biggest recruit I've ever I've seen since Rubio. Yeah. Um. Uh, from from there, so it's we'll see what happens. See, it's, it's gonna it's good that it's uh it's a year where it's not like all right we know what's gonna happen. Yeah. But uh, you know even though like I think twenty nineteen's get the number one pick. There's like all right, Aiden's for sure number one. Yeah. No. I mean, 
I definitely think the Suns are going to end up going the Luka Doncic route uh, just because that was his coach. I think if they can get a stud and move back a pick or two, like to the second or third pick, that's like the best case scenario. I Probably, think if yeah. They, if they think they can get Doncic and trade the pick away, that's like that's definitely what they're looking for. Oh, for sure. So, so if you know one of those teams uh, wants to move up to the number one pick to get Aiton, um, yeah, I would be I would be sending them trades right now. Yeah, because you can get Aiton. Yeah, no, you could, and he he's gonna be unreal. Yeah, he's he's the he's the best he's the best uh, he's the best center prospect I've seen since Greg Oden. I yeah, think, for I th- sure. I think he's a better. I think he's a better center prospect than Carl Anthony Towns was coming out of college, and Joel Embiid. I'd agree with that. I mean, Joel Embiid had had injury issues, and Carl Anthony Towns. We just didn't know if his like finesse game was going to work. Now he's turned out, and so is Embiid. But coming out of college, Aiton's the best I've seen since Greg Oden. Yeah, I love how we call this the two minute drill, but we always go over the two minutes. Yeah, well. It's our show. We can do yeah. what we want. No, yeah, you got to get, get going somehow. <laughs> anyway, you got any shout-outs before we get out of here? Because uh, no. I got two. You got two shout-outs? Yeah, I got a double shout-out this week. All right, let's hear it. So, first one goes to Justify the Horse. Oh, yeah. Justify yeah. won the Kentucky Derby and then won the Preakness over the weekend. Uh, Justify's trainer, Bob Baffert. It's his fifth attempt at the Triple Crown. Triple Crown, right? Yeah. It's it's his fifth attempt at the Triple Crown, and Baffert trained American Pharaoh, who's the last horse to win yep. the Triple Crown back in 2015. Yep. So, I mean, this guy is just raking in the dough. Yeah, that's, that's uh, <laughs> it's crazy when you're, when you're doing stuff like that because it's like all gambling money too. Yeah, it's unreal. So, now my second shout-out is to the Vegas Golden Knights Yes. for advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals. I was going to say, speaking of betting, they could give Vegas the worst day it's ever seen. Yeah, they're 100 to one, they were 100 to 1 odds. 500 to 1. Oh, they were 500? I saw 100. That was probably like the last one, but before the season started. Oh, before the season started, it was 500 to 1. They were 500 to 1. There's, there's, there's one fan that put a million dollars down. Wow. So if they win, he gets half a billion dollars. Oh my goodness! Yeah, they're saying no. It's truly like if if Vegas wins this Stanley Cup, it could be the worst day that the sports books ever seen in sports history. And now because um, and I didn't I didn't know this. Shout out! To, here's my shout out of the week. Shout out <laughs> to my homie uh, Ryan Walker, the Calgary native. So you know he's Canadian. Of course, he Canadian in hockey. Yeah, he knows everything about it. But but what <laughs> he t- but what he told me today, in fact, was that. Um, People, when when new teams like when new franchises enter the league, people do uh, um, God, what, what what was the what was the word um, like when you when you uh, souvenirs souvenir uh. bets. Have you ever oh heard yeah, of, like prop bets. Have you ever heard of souvenir bets? Yeah, like it's betting on like how long the national anthem is going to go in. No, 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 oh. no, no, no. Souvenir bet is basically it's a new team. So you say like, oh, I'm going to put twenty bucks on the Vegas Knights to win the Stanley Cup, and then like you like frame it. Like, oh, this was a new team. I put money on them before they played a game. Supposedly, like, a bunch of people did that. 
Like, you know, and it's so not, they just have the ticket framed. Yeah. Or, or, you know, however, it's a souvenir, you know, like if it's in a scrapbook, so they're not going to go collect the money. No, no, they are. But they didn't when they placed the bet, they didn't think that like Vegas oh, yeah. was actually going to win the Stanley Cup or get to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah they, of course. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't think that that was going to happen. They just did it to be like, hey, I bet on the Golden Knights their first year yeah. uh, of history. You know what I mean? It's and like it, it's like a restaurant framing their first dollar they ever exactly earned. exactly and he's like all these people are gonna be cashing in these souvenir bets. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's also their uh, uh, hockey is a very um, uh, traditionalist his, traditional historic sport oh, yeah. where they they have traditions and and they uh, broke one. They broke the big one of touching the tro the conference championship trophy. Yeah, supposedly you're not supposed to touch it until no. after the Stanley Cup. Yeah, because but it doesn't mean first, anything. But it's their their first year in existence, so they decided to you know ex it, which I'm all for because oh it, yeah you know they lose in the Stanley who gives a shit if you've year. never it, there's there's also a tradition if you've never won the Stanley Cup you're not supposed to touch the cup at all yeah no yeah they they weren't supposed to touch it at all no but I'm saying the Stanley Cup as well it's like if like let's say a player on a different team yeah. didn't make the playoffs. And like he's oh, at an yeah, event yeah, that the yeah, Stanley yeah. Cup no, is you at. Don't touch it. Yeah. 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 No. 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 For sure. Like it's only uh, only the champions can touch it. Yeah. And uh, um, and lastly, just because this my homie Ryan Walker. Shout uh, out Ryan. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Just because he's giving me all these factoids. Uh, Yarmir Jagger. You know. Yeah. I mean, which a lot of people know the name. He's like fifty three. He's playing his. Yeah, uh, one of those legendary athletes. You know, uh, like a Brett Favre type for for hockey. Yeah. Um, you know, he won uh, last year. Pittsburgh won the championship. Yarmir Jagger is a Pittsburgh Penguin. Yeah. Um, the the goalie for, for Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, he he was a Pittsburgh player last year, so he won the Stanley Cup last year, right? Yeah. And, and they had to give him up in the expansion draft. Um, and Yarmir Jagger, uh, when when they played Vegas the first time, Yarmir Jagger went into the locker room uh. and gave him Fleury his his Stanley cup ring. Oh, that's cool. Like before the game, because no one else had like, my friend put a, no one else had the nuts to go into the <laughs> other team's locker room. And it's like, dude, what dude, dude walks in 20 years into the league, walks so into the funny. other teams. And he told, and it supposedly he told the team, if you play like this guy, you'll get one. They have been. Yeah. So shout out, yeah. Shout out, shout out Ryan Walker, the Calgary yeah. native and shout out the Vegas Knights. Yeah. They're the first, they're the first expansion team in any sport any to sport, make it yeah. to the championship yeah. round or game of their league. I am going for Ovechkin to get it done though. No, just fuck, be, just, fuck Ovechkin. Just because I love greats. I, I don't, I don't, I hate the fact that like, if you don't win it, you're just like, or an afterthought. <laughs> it's like, nah, this guy's a great, like he needs to get, he needs to get his. All right. I guess we'll see. Yeah, you know, like I hate the fact that, like, what you're not going to give Mello or Barkley or or Iverson any credit because they didn't win one. It's just like, dude, the guys could play. They had game. <laughs> I don't care if they. I they, can't they, deny that. You know, I can't. You know, it's not everyone can get a ring. Yeah, but anyway, don't forget you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter. Be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword the Sports Kingdom show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK show or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. 
That's it for this episode of the TSK show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode for you guys. Peace. Later.